Good. Great to see you all this morning. And uh, you've been enjoying that all right? Four of you. That's good. Uh, it was probably last spring sometime when we knew we wanted to do a series on anxiety and fear. And here we are. And I brought the idea uh, this summer to our, our uh, director of communications, uh, Shane Grant. And Shane uh, put all this together. And Shane's doing a phenomenal job around here. And Shane, wherever you are, we just want to say thank you. You're doing a great job. around here earlier, but Shane is doing an crew in here we christmas goes into two tractor load two tractor trailers of christmas here at our church and uh wednesday we had a great crew here the teen challenge guys were here lugging and lifting and decorating too they wanted to decorate and they were here but uh in in, in a ton of other people that need to be thanked but in particular uh dar Husen and uh yeah dar dar Husen. And uh, Kevin Smith as well for days, like all day, every day, uh, for hours in here. So that's the first wave of Christmas. The next wave comes as we prepare for our, for our production. But I just want to thank those guys. Uh, last year was the first uh, Christmas for our Hub City Christmas production, and it was a huge hit. How many of you uh, were able to see that last year? Hub City? All right. Good. Wow. Most of you. All of you. Um, I was so proud of our church, like it blew me away last year. So if you don't know what it is, it's a 90-minute production, live music, uh, dance, drama, comedy, uh, Christmas, all rolled into one, and it's free, and it's still free, free again this year. The tickets are available. we want you to get tickets, obviously, right after the service. We want you to get them. We want you to get them in the hands of people who, who you think will come. And uh, we're really, really excited. This is a super to Christ. So the Hub City production is December uh, 20th, 21st, and 23rd. And we're bringing back the Christmas Eve service on the 24th. All right. And Christmas Eve is on the 24th this year, just for those of you who are wondering. Um, a 6 p.m. service for Christmas Eve, uh, about 45 minutes long, a family service for everybody together, and uh, looking forward to that. But uh, whites of the eyes, every, I need the whites of all the eyes in the auditorium. Don't, please don't skip Hub City and use Christmas Eve, you know, to check out, you know, we, we need you, Hub City. Hub City is for all of us. We need to pack this place out. We need you to get behind that and invite everyone you know and then come to Christmas Eve. This is, yes, Bobblehead Church. This is, we're with you, Pastor Tim. We're going to do that, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. You're wonderful people, wonderful people. Christmas Eve will fill itself. Like, it'll just, it'll pack out all by itself. You don't need to uh, worry about that one. Well, we all have fears. Apparently, you're born with only two fears, uh, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. I make loud that gets both fears at the same time. Seeing one of those fears in your life, then we're glad that you're here. It's true. I mean, some people really are afraid of church. Um, 
Here are my biggies. Here are some of my biggies. Spiders. Oh, I would, I would literally rather run into a bear than a spider. No spiders in heaven. I'm just telling you, they're evil. Um, snakes. Not a fan. We just dumped a big box of live snakes in the back of the auditorium. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Some of you are ready to run for an exit. I'm just, just joking. Um, heights. Not a big fan of heights. Uh, I've been trying to conquer this one. I, like, if, if um, on TV they're doing like an aerial shot, I get all queasy and have to look away. And like, if they're doing the shot that looks better look away. Like, it just hurt. Um, don't, don't like that. I have, never, I have no intentions of ever jumping from a perfectly good operating and th those you know snakes and I want people to like me and I'm afraid that they, that they won't like me um, I have a fear of loneliness uh, I want to have deep personal relationships, but they're, they're hard to come by. Uh, I have a fear of failure. Um, the weight and burden of ministry and moving a large church forward can be overwhelming. Um, I have a fear of capacity. Uh, fear of, can I handle all of my responsibilities? Do I have the leadership capacity that it takes to, to do all that needs to be, to be done. And those are just some of them. And I'm, and I'm not alone on that. You have fears like that too. And I'm not a, a medical professional, obviously, but I do know that fear that takes root becomes anxiety. I've learned that to be true, that, that fear that, that takes root becomes anxiety. Not long after we moved back to Moncton, Sorry, back to Moncton to take this church. I was driving to the cottage one day from Fredericton. I was alone in the car, and I started feeling really, really, really weird. And my neck was starting to, to go numb, and I thought, that's not normal. Smart, eh? Sharp. Sharp as a wet cornflake. And I thought, that's, that's, that's not normal. And then it started going down my left arm. And I thought, that's not normal. And then I started getting pins in, in, my, in my hands. And I thought, that's not normal. And, um, and I'm driving over Petersville Hill there, if you know where that is, and approaching the Irving, and like a man, I'm I buy some Benadryl. But no, they'll charge me $100 a pill in there. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to do it. Uh, when I get to the cottage, Gala will probably have some Benadryl, and I'll, be, and I'll be fine. But the closer I got to the Irving, the worse I felt. And so I pulled in, and sure enough, they had them. They weren't $100 a pill. And do I call, like, Star 9-1 or something like that? We'll have, that's probably, like, fire truck or something. Don't do that. So I called 911, told them where to find the body. This is a true, st and I could not, my throat, my windpipe was closing off. And I just said, this is where I am. I'm on the side of the road, and um, come and get me. And I re clearly remember thinking, this is a dumb place to die. 
And I just thought, this is, this is not how I thought uh, this was going to go. Um, and that was it. I, there was no drama. There were no regrets. Um, I wasn't even afraid. I just thought, well, here it is. I just thought what I would have pictured, but here I am. And either prayer or the Benadryl kicked in, and uh, here I am this morning. So, <laughs> I'm kind of glad that someone's happy that I'm alive. So, that was just before uh, we came here. Then, two years In the first couple of years, there's uh, two or three more of these, of these very similar bouts. Uh, when I thought it was allergies, and, and, and I was rushed into the hospital, and uh, uh, windpipe totally closing off, and say, exact same symptoms, numb neck, arm, the whole tink, pins and needles, and, and all of that. And, um, and I would spend a few hours in emergency, they'd say, you're good to go. Like, you're okay now. We don't know what it was. You're good to go. And uh, that was that. So I was chatting uh, with my doctor, obviously, about this. And we came to the conclusion, eventually, that it's panic attacks. That's, it wasn't allergies at all. Which is good, because one night I thought I was allergic to lobster, and I thought, well, this is really bad. I should have died back there on the road. Like... And it was panic. And I'm not a high-strung person. Um, I have the blood pressure of a squash. Every time they take my blood pressure, they're like, are you sure? Yeah, that's all he's got. Okay. And so, you know, what I've been doing for too long was taking some of those fears. Uh, we've had, uh, I've had two significant deaths in my family. Um, in a short amount of time, and all the, all the pressures and, and the, the relocation here and all that stuff. And I do, but, but men are especially good at this. And you just keep, it's like, it's like packing a garbage can that's already full, but it's got a bag and still, and you just keep pushing down and pushing down and pushing down and pushing down, stuffing things deep where I didn't think they would resurface. And boy, when they resurface, as education uh, Christ because if you um, and if you're here this morning and you um, and you realize well wow maybe I need to talk to a doctor maybe I need to get some some help for this um, then we yes we would say yes please please do that like get some help and talk to someone and don't just keep pushing everything down and if and if and if, a, if, a, if medication can, can help you with that, then, then we, you know, we would say that's, that's wonderful. But I'm going to talk this morning about, about freedom in Christ because that's my angle. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, so I'm not opposed to medication, but here's some of the things that I did uh, to see if I could quiet it down. My doctor said, do you want to try something? And, or he said, do you want to try uh, you know, managing some things yourself first. And I said, yeah, let's do that first. Let me make some changes in my life and let's see how, how I do with that. And then if that doesn't work, then we'll go to the next step. I'm not saying this is what you need to do. I'm just saying this is what 
I did. Is that understood? Because sometimes that's not clear, and people leave church saying, well, he told me I can't do it. I'm just saying this is what I did, okay? Um, I turned off all notifications on my phone. I thought, I thought my phone is driving me nuts. And I didn't even want to see the notification that told me how the vibration my my anxiety vibrated I got a spike in anxiety and so I took them all I took them all off and um, I'm not saying you need to do that I'm just saying that's what I did uh, I checked my email a whole lot less and I just found that was helpful De- definitely would not check my email after a certain time in the evening no way because if there's something if there's, if there's a hairy monster waiting in my email, I don't want to read it while I'm trying to wind down and get some rest. So that's just me. Um, I tried to get more exercise and more sleep, both of those things. Uh, I tried to eat better. And I, I kept diving deeper spiritually. Disciplined myself in that, and I knew desperately that I needed it. And so it was worship I did. Fill in the blank. I'm just saying for me, that's what I did. Uh, Bible reading and good positive books. Praying as much as possible. Uh, thinking good thoughts. The crap. Picturing and hearing. Some of you have heard me say this before. Picturing and hearing. Uh, roll the, that, I just roll that movie over, and if you've told me that you're praying for me, like someone did uh, before service this morning, someone took me aside, and they wanted to be clear that, that I knew that they were praying for me, and I said, I'm, gonna, I'm talking about that this morning. If you tell me that you're praying for me, that goes into a, a, a video montage that I play over and over, and I roll that movie you know, 10 o'clock at night, when I'm really trying to wind down, I remember there are people who are praying for me, and it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, one of the people who prays for me every morning of life, and, and then beside my name, in brackets, he's got the word anxiety, is uh, the president of Wesley Seminary, Dr. Wayne Schmidt. And Dr. Wayne is here this morning. Where are you, brother? Where are you? We've got to find him first. Where is he? He's in the balcony. There he is. Thank you, sir. There he is. Dr. Wayne Schmidt. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. And Dr. Wayne's been a great, a great friend. Um, so thankfully, for the past year or so, I've been good. And, and thank you for your Anxiety is an increasingly pervasive issue in our culture, but it's, it's not a new issue. The Bible speaks directly to it, and we're going to look, look into God's Word, and my prayer of us today would find freedom and deliverance in Jesus Christ. All in favor, say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. 1 Peter 5 beginning to verse 1. And now, a word to you who are elders in the church, David Way. I too, Peter says, am an elder 
Oh, spiritual leader. What did you think? <laughs> Love you, brother. I, too, uh, Peter says, am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I, too, will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock, that's you, that God has entrusted to you, that's me. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, I don't. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God, I am. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example, I try. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, the younger men, who's young? None of them. Uh, must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you serve, all of you, all in the original Greek means all, and all of you serve each other in humility. For God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries and your to God, for he cares about and put your name. The devil, he prowls for someone to sisters all over the world. Paris, Beirut, are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So, after you've suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Woo! Peter connects uh, uh, two thoughts in verse 1 of chapter 5 that are repeated in other places in Scripture. It's the connection between the suffering now and the glory to come. The suffering now and the glory to come. We live in the now, but we're not stuck in the now. I'm not staying in the now. I'm passing through the valley of the shadow. I'm not stuck in the now. This is temporary and it's only a little while and someday it's all going to be over. We're not stuck in the now. We're going through the now, passing through on our way to an eternal glory. And the Bible never tells us to expect an easy life. And if you come to Jesus today, we're going to give you that opportunity in a few minutes to make a decision to, to accept Jesus Christ and Savior and to follow him for the rest of your life. Trust expect God to remove every obstacle or to remove every burden or every trial in your life. You can expect God to be with you. You can expect God to hold you and carry you and strengthen you and sustain you and he might trials but serve a safe our sin our punishment he took it to a sinner's cross himself into the darkest depths of depravity to win to, to, to grab victory for us to win our hope and so we can hold our heads up high this morning knowing that 
that in the victory of Jesus Christ, we have all, we have everything. Or who needs to endure this morning? We can fear no evil in the valley of the shadow. We can fear no evil in the shadow because there is a great shepherd who is there to protect us. And if there is a shadow, then that means there is a light somewhere. And that light has a name. His name is Christ. When Jesus takes, tells us to take up our cross and follow him, that's exactly what he means. When Paul preaches about the armor of God, put on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, it's not because we're going on a picnic. Why would you put armor on to go on a picnic? It's because life is a battle. And Peter, we're just passing through this. It's just going to last a little while. And if we endure and if we don't lose hope and if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ who, who took it all on the cross for us, someday, someday it'll be worth it all and we'll be in glory and we'll be in heaven and this, will just, this life will pass like a vapor, like a vapor. <laughs> Peter's instructions in chapter 5, our response to what he shared in chapter 4, uh, verse 12 to 19, where he says this. He says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. See, I just, God might not remove them all. He says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. And you say, well, why is this happening to me? Peter says, don't be surprised. Instead, be very glad. Eh, you're not into that, Okay. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed. It all, all makes sense. When it is revealed to all the world. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Wow. For the time has come for judgment. It must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So, if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, just keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. What great words. Wow. So Peter's acknowledging, hey, anxiety is high. He says, I get it. I get it. He's, he's, anxiety is high. Fear is prevalent. People are focusing on what is happening to them, what's being said about them, what they're going through. Suffering is escalating. Persecution is mounting. And in those seasons, Peter encourages them and encourages us to simplify. You focus on what you know to be true. You remember God's promises. He never fails us. You come back to Jesus Christ and you let Jesus Christ, you let, you let his power, his blood, you let the power of the resurrection do battle for you. You don't do this on your own. Back to verses uh, 5 and 6 of uh, chapter 5. 
In the same way, Peter says, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, let's go there if we have it. No, okay, we're stopping. To tell us, simple. I'm oversimplifying, like, like blowing it off, but simplifying for clarity and understanding. And Peter boils worry down to two issues, humility and pride. He simplifies. He says, really, it comes down to humility and pride. Now, humility allows things. are we guilty of that i can do this i'm smart enough i'm strong enough i'll figure this out humility knows that it can't humility knows it's got to it's got to trust in jesus pride harbors the things that cause us pain like a grudge unforgivable pride deceives us and tells us that we that we can handle anything that we don't need help that we'll get through this humility falls at the feet of jesus christ humility recognizes our weaknesses our limitations that we can't do this on our own that we were never you were never designed to do this on our own we were made for community pours out his favor he pours of the prodigal son in Luke chapter broken, hungry, needy son coming down the lane towards him, returning home after, after trying to make it on his own. And the father bursts through the door and he runs up the lane and he embraces his humble son. God embraces those who are humble before him. And the older brother is filled with pride. And does not enter into the feast that they have to welcome home the younger brother. While everyone else is enjoying the feast of the father, the older brother stews on his pride. Look at the upsides of, of humility. Humility has lots of upsides, and Peter gives us a bunch of them. He says, uh, if you're humble, you'll be under the mighty hand of God. Good place to be. You'll be under the mighty power of God. He says, if you're humble, God will lift you up. You can give the whole load over to Jesus, and you will never, ever overload God. Let's look at verse 6. Humble yourselves under, come under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up. This expression of God um, immediately would have given people a, 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 a slideshow. They would have known exactly what Peter was talking about. This is like Peter saying, okay, just, just so that we're clear, let me put it in IMAX for you. Let me make it crystal, crystal clear because the expression under the mighty hand of God would have reminded them instantly of all the great uh, calamities that God has brought his people through. Peter would have been reminding them, is, is God not faithful? 
Has God not always provided for his people? Hasn't God always brought them through whatever the calamity was? Is he not the God who rescued his people from floods, from plagues, from wars, from tyrants? He's a God who tells a man, build an ark in the desert when there is no water. He drops bread from heaven. He causes water, drinking water, to flow out of rocks. He leads his people with a, by a cloud at day and a fire by night. He splits the sea so you can walk right through it. He puts your feet on solid ground. He shuts the mouth of the lion. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over you. He goes before you. He knows your name. He wrote your DNA. Peter says to bring all of your worries and your cares and come under. Come under. Humble yourself and come under the mighty hand of God. And he will shield you because he cares. God cares. Fail you. Verse 7. Verse 7. Give. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about, and put your name in there. If you've got your Bible open, and you don't mind writing, write your name beside that. Give is a, a word of transaction. Uh, it, it suggests that there's a, there's a transfer here that is taking place, and this is the transfer. And some of you need to, to hear this this morning. And I, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would just bust through your soul and write these words on your heart. Here's the transfer. God sent his sinless son, Jesus, into. And Jesus took, there's the transfer, he took all of our sin and all of our grief and he took the full weight of every sin, of every war, of every crime, of every broken heart, all of it. He took it all on his shoulders for all of eternity. He took all of it and he carried it to the cross. And in laying down his life for us, for me and for you, in laying down his life for us, he paid the price for your freedom your eternal freedom and so the reason this morning that you can give all of your cares and all of your worries and all of your anxiety and all of your stress and all of your problems everything the reason this morning that you can give all your worries and cares to God is because God cared enough for you to pay for your freedom through his son Jesus Christ grace is free, but it isn't cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap. It costs Jesus everything. So when you give your cares this morning, when you give your cares to God, you are, you are dipping in to the unlimited resources, the unlimited wealth, the unlimited supply of the cross of Jesus Christ. He paid that price so that you could give. His body was broken for you so that by his stripes you might be healed. His shackles and his chains were for your freedom. His death was for your life. And you access that life when you give, when you cast feet in humility. 
Here it is. Here I am. Here's the whole deal. I'm not holding anything back. It's all yours. And my life is yours. And I'm not trying to do this on my own. And I don't think I'm strong enough. And I don't think I'm smart enough. And I need you. I need, I need, I need the, the Holy Spirit of, of God to be in me and with me and, and help me. In verse 8, Peter depicts Satan as a fear-inducing lion looking to devour you before you reach your final goal. You come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior between here and when you go down life's last exit ramp like I thought I did that day when I called 9-1. Between the moment that you decide I'm, I, I'm taking that, that step of to take your last breath, the devil is a roaring lion who is trying to take you out. You're in a battle. This is not a picnic. You're in a battle, and he wants, to, he wants to eat you. He does not want to see you make it. And, and every day, every day, he's trying, to, he's trying to take you out. This is real. This is, this is not fairy tale fantasy. But this, is, this is spiritual battle is, is real. And Peter depicts him as a fear-inducing lion. A roaring lion will spike your anxiety. I believe that to be true. But Peter doesn't say that he is a lion. He just acts like one. He just acts like one. He's trying to scare you. He's trying to intimidate you. He wants you to, to cower in your faith. He wants you to deny the promises of God and back down like you are being devoured. But God's word says to stand firm, be strong in your faith, to stay alert like a deer who hears a snapped twig in the forest. Be vigilant. Know that the enemy is out there trying to attack you. Be wise and be humble and don't allow the heavy things of life to pile on you and drive you down give them over to God because he cares for you he cares for you Peter might have been thank you and when you hear it it's a psalm of David and when you hear it you're probably going to think he had to be referencing Psalm 55 I timed myself this morning. It's two minutes and ten seconds to read this, so relax. Really did. Set the timer on my desk and, and timed it. Here we go. Listen to my prayer, O God. That's your prayer. For some of you this morning, that's your prayer. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me. For I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. Doesn't that sound like anxiety? The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me. I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and rest. I'd fly far away the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would fire from this wild storm of hatred. And then he starts talking about his accusers. He says, confuse them, Lord. Frustrate their plans, for I see violence and conflict in the city. 
Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders. But the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats, cheating are rampant in the streets. It's not an enemy who taunts me. I, I could bear that. It's not my foes who so ar- arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it's you, my equal, my companion and close friend. So David, he gets real specific about the person that's really, really eating him. He said, instead, it's you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. And then he gets real, and he says, let death stalk my enemies. <laughs> this is how he feels. He says, let the grave swallow them alive, for evil makes its home within them. And then he turns a corner, and he says, but I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me, keeps me safe from the battle waged against me, though many still oppose me. God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. As for my companions, words of his heart, soothing his lotion, but underneath are daggers. Now listen closely. This is the last verse. Listen closely. Psalm 55, verse 22. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. I believe this morning that chains of fear and anxiety can be broken here in this place. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here and that God wants to do a There is healing available. There's power in break every chain. Some of us need to give all of our cares and our worries to God this morning. We're in a minute. We're going to stand and sing. And we're going to invite you to come forward and do just that, to to give all of your cares and all of your worries over to him this morning. Some of us need to repent for trying to do it all on our own and pushing things down and pushing things down. It's like a pressure cooker. Someday it's going to pop. Some of us need to repent of that. Some have been running from a roaring lion and allowing the enemy to fill you with fear. So if we really believe that the blood of Jesus has the power to break every chain this morning, come and pray, and we'll pray together for healing in Jesus' name. Let me pray, and then we'll stand. Lord, I just thank you this morning for this great church. What what a wonderful group of people. You know I love them so much. And God, my prayer for our church, for Moncton Wesleyan, is that we would be free, that we would experience the power of the resurrection, that we would experience the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that we would experience the power of God's Holy Spirit being here right now in this room. Lord Jesus, come. I pray, God, that you would give courage to those who need courage, that you would give strength 
to those who need strength. That I pray, Lord, that in the next few moments of this service, as people come forward and kneel before you or stand before you or lay down before you, whatever they do, that in, that, in those moments that there would be a great transaction that is being made as they give all their cares to you and that chains would be broken in the name of Jesus Christ, that people would walk out of this room this morning eternally set free from these things in their lives, that they would know that for, from now until the rest of their life that Jesus Christ has paid the price that he set them free and that God would do a healing miraculous work in their lives today so Lord we're yours we're yours we're all yours we surrender all in Jesus name we pray amen